and welcome to Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. How's everybody doing today? I hope you're having a good week. I'm kind of excited to be here today. I love doing my podcast. Uh, in case you're joining us for the first time, I am Senior Master Craig Greca. I am a 6th degree black belt in the Universal Martial Art and a 5th degree black belt in the Taekwondo Martial Art. And we're here today to discuss the teachings and trainings inside the Karate Kid universe. Today's example comes to you from Season 3 of Cobra Kai. Now, if you have not seen the Cobra Kai Netflix series yet, uh, this is a spoiler alert before I reveal what happened in Season 3 a little bit. Um, not too much, but a little bit. Uh, but anyways... Moving on, in Season 3 of Cobra Kai, Sensei Johnny Lawrence starts his own dojo called Eagle Fang. Now, he, he goes and gets t-shirts and he changes his philosophy to more of a gray area as opposed to, you know, Cobra Kai or Miyagi-Do. Now, um, as far as his techniques that he does inside Eagle Fang, um, there was very little revealed during the season three as to uh, what techniques his martial art would focus on. Um, odds are he would probably do a lot of the Cobra Kai moves. Um, there was a one little move that he did in there, which we'll discuss later. Um, but the fans have been wanting to know if he's going to develop his own techniques and fighting style. Okay. You know, uh, Miyagi-Dos do. That's what's going to happen with Eagle Fang. Okay? So today, we're doing just that. Our topic today is Eagle Fang. Now, um, you know, I always start off with a little bit of personal history. You know, um, when I was young, I used to think it was really uh, colorful and cool to have different animal styles in Kung Fu. In watching martial art movies, um, when I was a kid, it contributed to that. Okay, um, I can remember watching a movie called Snake in the Monkey Shadow, and uh, with uh, my um, mentor, uh, Master Gene Duncan, and uh, that was always fun to watch. Now, a lot of times back in the day, uh, when we were doing the Taekwondo um, martial art, we used to make fun of anything that wasn't Taekwondo uh, um, because we were extremely practical with our martial art movements. Okay. Now, um, one of the developments that I've had here at my own studio is I, I teach universal martial art, um, which is a lot like Taekwondo, uh, but I have my own uh, twist on it, um, as well as um, in my uh, Ninja Warrior classes that I teach, I teach a completely different martial art in there, okay? Now, there is some similarities. Um, but there's new movements um, for each of the belts that are not in the mar other martial art that I teach. So the students that do both, in my opinion, get the most well-rounded well and balanced uh, form of defense because they get uh, all those extra moves um, that are different. So it's kind of neat. And I never know where that's going to develop in the future. But... For right now, we're just talking about the different movements that could potentially be in uh, Eagle Fang. Um, so anyways, in all of my podcasts, I always have some kind of work task. Okay, now this topic isn't one that lends itself to a specific work task. 
Um, so um, here's what I have for you, okay? Uh, in doing the eagle fang, anything that you have to do to, um, to grip to work, so using your claw muscles, okay? Uh, for example, like grabbing bags of topsoil or grabbing bricks or grabbing rocks or mulch from a Home Depot is great exercise and great practice for your eagle fang. Also, moving stuff like in the garage or at home or at work, um, like bins or exercise equipment or any equipment at all, uh, tools, is always good for your grip strength as well. Uh, anything that uses your forearm muscles, your wrist muscles, or your hands, okay, to develop that uh, tensile strength that you're looking for, for your eagle claw, okay? Now, um, so that's like a kind of like a generic um, uh, work task. So anything that involves moving things from point A to point B, um, or going shopping at Home Depot in the garden department, uh, or anything like that is always good practice um, for the uh, claw muscles. Now, um, one thing that one of my friends had when we were kids is he actually had an eagle claw um, strengthening device um, that you could buy from the stores when we were kids for martial arts. Uh, what it was is if you put your, there's like these uh, five little rings in like a metal circle with little springs on it. And what you had to do is you stuck your hand inside this uh, machine and the rings and you would uh, squeeze the rings together. And when you squeeze the rings together, that would strengthen your claw, strengthen your eagle claw. Okay? So that was something that you could buy out of a martial art magazine when we were kids, is an eagle claw strengthening device. Okay? Um, so I thought I'd throw that in there just because it's kind of funny that you were talking about eagle claws today. And, um, you know, uh, my friends down the street had one of those. Okay? Um, Incidentally, they were the same friends that we started a little um, like ninja club when we were kids. And I was just explaining to some of my students the other day that that's what I did before I started martial arts. So before I was 13 or 14 and started martial arts, um, we, um, as younger kids, had ninja club with the, um, the uh, kids down the street uh, who were the same age as us, uh, my brother Scott and I, and we would do uh, martial arts stuff you know, all summer long. Um, we had obstacle courses in our backyard, and we always thrived on all anything martial arts. So, um, speaking of martial arts, the eagle fang lends it to lends itself to um, a lot of the martial art practice. Okay, now what I did is I um, I actually did an eagle fang class recently here at the studio. And um, I didn't have a lot to work with, so um, I looked into uh, Eagle Kung Fu um, to get some of the movements for the Eagle Fang Karate class. Um, one of the best examples that I can think of of some Eagle Kung Fu is shown in the movie The Forbidden Kingdom. Inside, not The Forbidden Kingdom, I got them mixed up. Um, this is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny. Sorry, my bad. Um, but in that movie, they do a little bit of the Eagle Kung Fu, and that's what we'll be, we'll be discussing today along with some uh, practical applications that Johnny Lawrence may consider. Uh, first of all, 
um, the we have a movement called the claw finger strike uh, in our martial art. Now, um, the claw finger strike in our martial art is more of an open claw, and it looks a lot like a tiger claw. Okay, so um, in the olden days, we did more like kind of an eye stab looking thing. It was flat, uh, but then we changed it more to a claw, and a claw is a little more practical uh, for, for all students because they can use that claw to not only strike, but they can also, too, uh, scratch as well. Now, one of the things that I do in the claw finger strike is I let the fingers retract a little bit, okay, so that I can strike with the palm or I can strike with the claw fingers themselves, okay? Therefore, if I don't have a finger 100% locked, I don't jam a finger, okay? Plus, I still get the benefits of the, uh, um, what I would call, like, mostly for, like, uh, uh, when I teach ladies self-defense, the wounding aspect of their nails, you know, because that can wound uh, someone and cause them pain and sting a little bit, causing them to maybe uh, rethink their uh, their assault. Um, but the eagle claw is a little different than a more of a tiger claw. Um, the eagle claw is more of a the letter C. So if you take your hand and you make the letter C, um, that is what the eagle claw more is like, okay? And that eagle claw can be done in a lot of different ways, okay? First of all, it can be done um, in most of our blocks. So, for example, if you do an outward block, you can form a letter C with your hand, um, and you can use it to grip after you've blocked. So after you've done an outward block, you can grab real quick and eagle claw the, the arm, and uh, direct them where you need to direct them. You can also do the same thing very easily with an inward block. Now the low block, you'd have to turn it out to, to be more like our black belt version, which is the low palm block, but you would do it with a uh, eagle claw hand position. So basically all the blocks can be done with an eagle claw, thus assisting you in uh, striking or grabbing after you're done blocking. Um, and in the movie uh, Sword of Destiny, he does that. He blocks and then he kind of like uh, gives him a little grip uh, strike um, onto his, I think it is his chest muscle or something like that, or shoulder. But anyways, um, the next one is the eagle balance. Okay, now I have two different eagle balances that I've done. Uh, one is um, with the leg in front, curled in, in, in front. So you have to kind of either balance it on your knee or balance it in front of you, uh, like poised and ready to strike with your arms out. And that is an eagle balance on the front. Now the eagle balance on the back is when your leg's directly behind you and you're like a flying eagle. So the one is like a, like a poised eagle, like you're up in a nest going down to look for prey. Uh, the other one is a... Um, more of a flying eagle where your where your legs behind you and your arms are out wide, uh, thus creating another eagle balance for you to practice at home. Of course, balancing is always very important in martial arts. Uh, if you can balance on one foot, you can probably kick pretty well. Okay. In fact, when I first start teaching students at the studio here, one of the things that I have adults do especially is I have them pick up their front leg. If they can pick up their front leg with their knee up and hold it for a second then they probably can do the kick before they fall down. 
So that's always really good to have balance. Um, now, off those balances, I uh, have a certain kick that we do. Um, I created this kick when I was doing the, um, I can't remember now if I saw it somewhere uh, or if I just made it up for the movie, the movie we did here called Miyagi-Kai. Now, in Miyagi-Kai, we did what was called the Phoenix Kick, and I think I called it the Phoenix Kick because it sounded cool, you know, because phoenixes are cool. They're on fire and all that stuff. And, you know, they're a mystical, a mythical animal. Um, but you can also do this as an eagle kick, too. So during the class, we called this the eagle kick. Now, what this is, is that you kind of, um, after you've got to the side or flank of your foe and you got around to their back, you could do a back kick, jumping back kick. So you jump in the air, you hit them with your back kick as you're going away. So a lot of people would say, well, this isn't a practical movement. You can't see. Uh, you're at their back, and so on and so forth. Um, so, um, but it's, it could be used. A lot of times in a fight situation, I was explaining to students the other day and the parents that we're not, we're not teaching people how to win a fight. We're teaching people how to get out of the situation. So someone could very easily do an eagle kick to somebody as they're getting ready to run away. So like if they've got to their backside, kicked them hard with the, with the eagle kick as they're running away, then by the time the person got up, they would already be 30 feet away and able to get to a safe spot. So um, as far as the dramaticness of the eagle kick, if you put your arms out like an eagle as you do it, it looks more Karate Kid style, like the crane kick. It looks kind of cool. So uh, that's something that um, would be really cool to do. Um, so the eagle kick. Now, um, another one that I think that Johnny Lawrence would do in the, uh, the um, eagle fang would be the um, eagle beak strike, I call it. Okay. Now, this, <laughs> this one right here is probably not as practical, um, but I've seen it done a couple times, and I, I wonder. Okay. So um, let's take a moment to discuss. Uh, impact points, okay? Uh, for example, um, if you hit someone, when we were kids and we were screwing around with the friends, uh, one of the things that we would do is we would, um, you would do like a, a really, really flat knuckle punch. So you use all four knuckles and then all four um, uh, fingers in front to hit very, very flat, okay? So it was, it was okay to hit, hit a friend like in the arm with all the flat of your fist, okay? You couldn't use your knuckles, you had to use just the whole fist. Like, hey, what's up, dude? You know, kind of like, good good job kind of thing. Or uh, maybe, uh, you know, mess around. Um, but if you use the knuckles, then you're kind of a jerk. Um, so when you punch somebody, you're supposed to punch them with the first two knuckles, okay? Um, when, you, when you focus your techniques um, on a single point or single area, they cause more damage than if you hit with the flat. Um, I guess the fist is a good example, but also, too, the sidekick is the best example because a sidekick, you could hit with the bottom of your foot and you get the flat of the foot hit. Now, on a shield, sometimes that pushes people back more. But what you're really trying to do is hit with your heel of your foot. And when you hit with the heel of your foot, it causes a lot more damage. And the way you see this... Um, 
in theory, is when you break a board. Like, for, for example, back in the day, we used to break like four or five boards with a spin sidekick. If you hit with the flat of the foot, it did not break, okay? Uh, in fact, I remember at one test, um, I did it quickly, and I hit with the flat of my foot. And I'm like, flat of the foot, flat of the foot, flat of the foot. And then I like switched my stance real quick and then just destroyed it because I realized what I did. I realized my mistake, and I quickly fixed it and demolished my boards. But you have to hit with the heel. That's the important thing. You can't hit with the flat of the foot. Hit with the flat of the foot is like hitting with the squash paddle. It's very flat, stings a little bit, but does no long-term damage. Okay, or you can take the end of a baseball bat and then jab them with it as hard as you can with the same force. Uh, you ask yourself, which one would you rather get hit by? Well, I'd rather get hit by the squash paddle because it's the, 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 um, the impact point is spread over the whole paddle rather than just the end point. Okay, and that's also the theory of why nails work. The impact point is a lot smaller, okay? So anyways, long story short, the eagle beak is when you take all your fingers and you put them together, okay? So all five of your fingers, you make a point, okay? Now you strengthen your fingers together, you hold it tight, and then you hit somebody with the tip of your fingers, okay, with your fingers locked. Now you can do this on the top of the, the, top of the head, you can do this uh, on uh, an arm, okay? Or you can do this in a vulnerable spot of the body, like a neck or or um, kidney or something like that. So the eagle beak strike, I've seen it in uh, uh, Sword of Destiny, is when he, he came down and he, he knocked someone right on their head <laughs> with his fingers at the end and knocked them out. Um, now some of that stuff's a little far-fetched, but as you can see by my example, you when you put your fingers together, you're making a very small impact point, kind of like a nail, okay? So if that was done on a vulnerable part of the body, like, for example, a pressure point, for example. Uh, pressure points are all over the body. There's one right underneath the nose. There's one underneath the, uh, there's one in the armpit uh, area. Uh, groin is another one. Kidney, so like that. Neck is very vulnerable. If you were to hit one of those vulnerable points with that eagle peck, it would hurt tremendously, okay? The reason why people don't teach uh, pressure points that much is because they are hard to hit. Okay, you see how precise people are. Just from me teaching class, you can see that people have a hard enough time just punching in front of their face, much less punching exactly where they want to. Okay, but martial artists who get good over time can hit on a dime. Okay, so they can hit the center of the center of the board or the center of the center of the target um, every single time if they're good. So that makes sense that that could work eventually. It just looks cool in movies, though. So anyways, um, another thing that this one actually Johnny Lawrence did in uh, Cobra Kai, um, there's a kick called the tornado kick. Now, tornado kicks are typically done with a, with a swing or roundhouse kick. However, you can do it with a caressing kick, too. Okay? And in the movie, he had them doing a spinning tornado caressing kick. So I thought I would include that with Eagle Fang today because it does require some balance and looks kind of cool. Spinning Tornado Crescent Kick. Now how that works is you take your back leg, you do an inside crescent kick, okay? And then you bring your, you have to, after you sort of put it down, you uh, take your back, your back knee, bring it around, and then before you put that foot down, you, uh, as it comes down, you're automatically kicking with the back leg again, the same leg you did before. 
Now, one of the things you want to do on this is you want to make sure that you're moving in your stance forward as you do it. You do not want to be spinning on a top, okay, like a top. You don't want, you want to be spinning like a ballerina as you do this one. You want to be advancing forward. So you do a crescent kick. You put it down into a side stance. You bring your knee around, your back knee around, kind of like you're doing an outside knee. And then you put that down and do a crescent kick. Now, you want to make that really smooth so it's all as one. So it goes crescent kick, spin, crescent kick. So it's and then you got yourself a tornado version, okay? For some people, the crescent kick is a little bit easier to do because you don't have to turn over the hip as you do the crescent kick. So anyways, um, one of the things that uh, today I'm wearing my Eagle Fang shirt to my podcast, I thought it would be funny, it says Eagle Fang Karate, and it has an eagle, and the eagle has fangs with a little bit of blood on them, okay? So um, I had to say that because in the uh, TV show, they made a joke about it um, that uh, eagles don't have fangs. Okay, so he's like, eagles don't have fangs. So it was kind of funny that they, um, that they said that. So um, anyways, um, uh, that is the secret word or phrase today. The secret word or phrase is eagles don't have fangs. Okay, so I thought it would be funny to do that one since that was a funny mark inside the, uh, the Cobra Kai Netflix series. Um, <clears throat> so remember, um, each week we're here in order to fully learn karate or any martial arts, you have to unlearn your misconceptions about what constitutes training. Sometimes you got to do a little bit of work in order to learn martial arts. Also, too, we're here learning martial arts through everyday work, thus creating life around us, increased productivity, and a better world. I hope that you have an awesome week. And this is Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.